everyone, and welcome to episode 427 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Rod Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you doing this fine Monday, Richard? Good morning, Seth. Uh, still still in recovery mode. <laughs> tell, tell me about it. I finally, like over the weekend, actually started to feel better. My voice eh, still comes and goes a little bit, but man, finally. It was like 10 days or almost two weeks. I was like, ridiculous. We got another co-host in Krim. Krim, how are you doing today? Uh, well, much like you, Seth, I got I got over whatever I had. Um, And nice. yeah, like fe- feeling feeling better, except for... Feeling better just enough to be dealing with allergies. Oh, yeah, I'm lucky. I don't really have allergies for the most part, so I get to, I get to dodge that at least, which is nice. Uh, don't worry. They nonstop. randomly come when you get older. Yeah, Tomer <laughs> yeah. was telling me, like, I never had allergies, and then I, like, turned 30 or something, and now I'm dying from allergies. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. Dude, legit, uh. though. Sneezing all day long. And, I like, sniffling, and it's like, am I sick? And it's like, no, you're not sick. You're actually, you just have allergies. <laughs> Uh, well, colds and allergies aside, we got some exciting stuff to talk about today. We are right in the middle of March of the Machine spoilers. We got new card types. We have a ton of mythic. We just, we have a ton of stuff to talk about. So that's what we're doing today. We're talking March of the Machines. We're talking battles, everything about the new set. But before we get into it, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, they are the easiest way to sell your magic cards. If you're tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards, Card Conduit lets you skip them. You don't got to do all the typing, spend all the time, do all the work. With their curated service, you can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to do a little work, you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards ahead of time and pay just a 2% fee. And no matter which one you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results in a fast payment once your order is processed. And you can even get another 10% off right now by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting this show. And let's talk some March of the Machines. And before we get into battles, which is going to be our first big topic, I got to know what you guys think of the power level of this set overall. Like... To me, this set seems ridiculous, like over the top, super push, super everything. Am I overrating it? Like, what do you guys think of just like the general? Now we've seen a little more than half of the set, I think. What's the overall power level of this set looking like? I think this set is... It's it's a uh, it's actually way more powerful for like creature based like like the way the current standard is. When I think of like tokens, so many things making tokens... So all this matters because even control decks now are playing like silly amount of creatures and that makes convoke a way different uh, mechanic this time around. Normally like, you know, in sets past, if I saw convoke, like, all right, irrelevant to me, uh, like, like I will, I will not have to worry about this because I'm not convoking <laughs> with like etherling. So, uh, like the, this set has a lot of play to it in battles now, uh, like looking real interesting. Like, I don't know. Creatures matter. This set really shows that creatures matter, and uh, like this, this is, I guess, a kind of okay thing. I've I've never really liked winning with the the traditional win conditions, so I'm excited to see how this goes. But like the overall power of this set feels, it's a it's a tough read. It, it, I think I think it's okay. It's gonna be solid. It's gonna be solid. But uh, what do you think, Richard? 
Are we talking about commander or standard? Standard. Standard. I am talking standard. <laughs> Everything's getting commander. <laughs> or, or yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will hinge on how powerful battles end up being. Um, but I think the set's okay. I, I don't know that it's out of this world power crept. Um, I don't know that it's mediocre. I, I think there's some cards that, that we'll see play, but I think it hinges on how good the battles will be. All the other like they're like, like most of the cards are commander cards, right? Like all like once once you go like CMC four to six or whatever, right? Like maybe you got some role players in there, but they're not going to dominate standard, right? Like so those are commander oh. cards. There are a lot all those team up cards, uh, commander cards like. I don't know, like the the flip traders are like pretty expensive. <laughs> don't say that, Richard. Last time we said something was a commander set, we got Modern Horizons. Like, <laughs> and then, so, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll get some role players here, right? But it, it's hard to dominate a format if you're like a five man. Well, that's not true at all. But okay, well, I don't know. But I, I think it really depends on battles, right? If if battles truly are revolutionary, you're actually going to upset some of our standard staples but if they're not then kind of our standard staples just keep on rolling so well i don't know that's a perfect segue into battles so we got to talk about battles this is the thing that's going to determine the power level of this set the thing that might change magic one of the things richard in case people have missed the last week somehow well, give us an example of a battle what are these cards how do they actually work and then let's see if we think they're actually good all right so Battles are very easy to tell. They're now horizontal. Uh, so car- cards that are horizontal uh, have the the type battle. So it's a new type. Uh, so I'll give you Invasion of New Phyrexia. So the front side, yeah. they're, they're double-sided, of course, right? So the front side is X, white, blue. At, okay, here's the reminder text. As a siege enters, choose an opponent to protect it. You and others can attack it. When it's defeated, exile it, and then cast it transformed. And the, the card text is, When Invasion of New Phyrexia enters a battlefield, create X, 2-2, blue and white, knight creature tokens with vigilance. And then the, the backside of it is, of course, uh, Teferi. And Teferi Akosa, Akosa of Zelfir, for loyalty... Draw plus one, draw two cards, then discard two cards unless you discard a creature card. Minus two, you get an emblem with knights you control, get plus one, plus zero, and have ward one. Minus three, tap X creatures you control. When you do, shuffle target non-land permanent and opponent controls with mana value X or less into its owner's library. So, it's like you give your opponent a planeswalker with no abilities. Uh, oh, the, 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 the thing is a six. I don't know what to even call it. Like the, defense, the battle number. Defense counters. The defense number yeah. is six, right? Loyalty. So, Got it. <laughs> so you, you you give them this this card. Uh, well, you don't give it to them. You 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 choose someone to defend this card. Everyone can attack it with creatures. Uh, if you have a spell that deals damage to any target, you can target it. So it's like a planeswalker, but they can't do anything about it, but they can block it. Uh, to defend it, and then when it dies, you transform it into the backside, uh, and then you get the thing. You cast the thing, so you cast the spell from from exile, and then you do the thing. Now, you can see why this is very hard to evaluate. Is this good? So okay, so <laughs> yes. this one yes. I think is good because of 
the front side is good, right? Like, if you think about what it costs to make X22 tokens, like, it's this. Like, so the, even if you played it like a sorcery, the card is on curve, like a finale of glory or whatever, like a, a white sun zenith effect. Like, that's what you'd pay for that effect. So I think the card's good based on that. I don't know, though, Krim, like, is this, like, are you going to try to flip this? Like, that's this is what I'm stuck on with these battles. Because obviously the idea is you play the battle, and then you fight for the battle, and then you win the battle, and you get the backside of the battle. Are you going to do that? Like, are we going to do that? Or do you just play this like a sorcery that, I guess, sits on the battlefield, and you get the upside that maybe you, I don't know, bounce it back to your hand and reuse it or something? Like, how, how realistic is it to get to fairy out of this battle? I mean, okay, specifically out of this battle, very easy. It's invasion, the invasion of Nephorexia, like for five mana, you already, you're getting three two twos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think that like this, this isn't that big of an ask considering that there's so many creatures, this format between this like wedding announcement, uh, like all, all that stuff, all the tokens that are running around. And the, the I, I see the question. It's just like legitimately, is it worth attacking this as opposed to attacking your opponent? Right. Right. That's the biggest thing. And I don't know, a planeswalker, why wouldn't you want one? Right? Like like it gives you something else to do in case there's a board wipe. Uh it just gives you a, a different style of threat. There's versatility in it where like if A in an aggro matchup, if I'm if this deck is meant to be aggressive that's playing Invasion Mephorexia, and I know my opponent uh, I, I'm just trying to close the game, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna swing into this. I'm just gonna swing into you. But if I know that the matchup is a grindy matchup, why wouldn't I want a Planeswalker that accrues value, that just, you know, like, this This is an, a new axis to kind of, like, uh, uh, analyze cards on. But I do think that the versatility in it is nice. As you had mentioned, as long as the front half of it is good. Like, would I pay, like, would I play this normally, regardless of the back half? The back half just gives you this this versatile, different, like, like outlet to swing and attack and like add to the game that uh yeah i i I think this is good i think teferi's good i think this is just a planeswalker on top of like something that already spawned a ton of tokens uh i i I think it's this is probably one of the best battles you have to attack this right like if if this was a sorcery that said you know two and an x make white knights with vigilance you wouldn't be like wow i'm so excited to put this in my deck right it's serviceable but you're banking on the upside of teferi right like there's no way there's no way we'd be excited about this card or would we like would we really it's a reasonable card right it's not over costed it's not under costed but we don't play like reasonable cards in standard right we play like splashy bombs so you really are counting the backside of teferi if you play this right I i mean i'm i'm higher on the front side personally like I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's not, like, exciting, but if you're trying to build a token deck or a knight deck, I think it's a good card. Like, compare it to, I guess, Finale of Glory is the one I keep going back to, because it's literally the same, right? Sorcery speed, two mana, X2-2 white soldier tokens with Vigilance, and then if you guess it for 12 mana, they upgrade to Angels, but, like, that wasn't an all-star in Standard, but it was a card that saw play in Standard, so I think... The rate's good enough that the upside makes it worth it. Like, you're both right that the upside has to come into play. And there certainly is upside to the possibility of attacking and flipping the battle. So I think that's enough to make this one worth it. I think where it becomes sketchier is, like, what if the front side isn't okay? Like, what if the front side is overcosted? 
that's where I think the question becomes trickier. Like, let me give you this one. How about Invasion of Innistrad? So Invasion of Innistrad is a four mana black mythic battle. It has five defense counters. It has flash. When it comes into play, you get to give a creature negative 13, negative 13. And then uh, if you manage to flip it, you make two, two, two black zombie creature tokens and it's an enchantment and you can pay three mana, including one black mana, exile a card from a graveyard. If it's a creature, you get a two, two black zombie. So four mana, even instant speed removal, that's not something that would traditionally be considered standard playable, right? Like that's kind of a couple of mana, probably above the going rate. Is this card good? Because this one, I think, really does depend on the backside. If you're never going to flip this, you wouldn't play this, right? Outside of, like, Blink shenanigans or Yarok shenanigans or something. Like, you would never just play this as a removal spell in Standard, would you? I mean, I I could see, like, this getting some play if, like, Indestructible were, like, a problem or, you know what I mean? Like, things that just need the negative 13-13. Or if, for some odd reason, the backside really matters. And... I don't know. I mean, this one's a hard read. I can't tell because, th- yeah, like, this is four mana. That is a lot. Also, why does this have Flash and not the Invasion of New Phyrexia? <laughs> I feel like that's the one to it should have had a Flash. But, like, this this one I couldn't get a read on. I don't think this one's good. I think this one's kind of bad because, is I don't know. the I mean, backside it, trash? <laughs> yeah, the backside just isn't Do you want the enough. backside? No. That, that's the thing. Like, this doesn't seem... Like a, a a good thing for for what it what like what it is like if if the loyalty or whatever the the what is it defense counters yeah. were lower maybe if it were like three like you only had to sink three damage into this then we're talking right because what you look at it, these cards as like they potentially could have like the backside it has pseudo suspend I don't know it's it's hard to like really read into these like right now i think this card is way too high of a defense counter or whatever for it to be good to sink five damage into this that's a lot but it's it's effectively smaller so i think they're making up for it with the flash uh because you end of turn this right you remove whatever creature you're removing and then when you untap you can swing right into this so yeah. it's a lot easier to flip do that flash aspect you definitely need the backside. Uh, do you want this backside? Like, it's expensive. It's three mana, make a zombie, right? And you need a creature. Uh, you two, so You do get zombies. two zombies for free. So you get two so zombies when it flips, but, right? Yeah. But then to make more... Yeah. But, like, we were just talking about the rate of Invasion of New Phyrexia versus, like, the rate of this thing. Uh, but the way I see it, it's like a crim control deck, right? Where you don't have a finisher and you're just, like, firing off removal left and right. And this thing is good enough for a finisher. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be... Wait, how, you know, but how is for a finisher? But how is Krim going to get the creatures? How is he going to remove five defense counters to get that's, to the finisher without right. having creatures? The, what is the purpose of this, then? <laughs> what is the purpose of I this? I mean, card? like... I, well, see, this the, there is a difference, though. This, control this standard is tap out. Like I had mentioned, Wedding Announcement, Shieldred, these are the control decks now. In this standard, you do need creatures. And as I said, Convoke is proving that creatures matter this time around. Even a control deck has to factor that in. So the old, the days of just Drago are, have been, you know, have, we, we've forgotten about Drago for quite some time now. And I think Magic wants that it to be that way. So maybe this is a control card, but like how? how mm. This, 
I can't imagine this being better than something like Invasion of Fiora, or 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 which is the sweeper attached to a, a siege, right? Enters the bat or no? Is that the one? Is the, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, so that's so invasion. One. I'll give you Invasion of Fiora. Four black black. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, choose one or both. Destroy all legendary creatures. Destroy all non-legendary creatures. And it has four defense counters. Right. Uh, that's... Hold on. I got. I got. I. I use two sites here. So I use Scryfall <laughs> to and read the rotated side. Then I use MTG Goldfish to read the vertical side. The no one has thing. the technology. <laughs> no one has the technology to rotate technology. the cards in real time here. Uh, Marchesa Resolute Monarch, three six legendary creature human noble. Uh, mo- human noble menace death touch. When it attacks, remove all counters from up to one permanent. That 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 kills. Uh, that that like finishes a siege. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you haven't been dealt combat damage since your last turn, you draw a card and you lose one life. This is a finisher, right? Like this is what I would want to control because why? It's a sweeper. On top of that, it has <laughs> you low. Have, you have to deal the four damage to the thing after you <laughs> right, but the board. That, but that is a low loyalty or defense counter, right? And in a format where even control decks do play creatures, right? I am now able to blow up. Let's just okay. Well, the one the one person, me, uh, and a few others who are willing to be brave enough to play a Joda deck on the ladder are gonna get <laughs> pants by this. Uh, but like, like legitimately, the low loyalty counter makes it viable because it's only four damage, right? The, the, we've seen five, we've seen six, and like this is right after a sweeper uh, that could potentially leave your stuff because your tokens will live because uh, you can destroy all legendary stuff. Uh, and, and yeah, like, I like this. I like this in the current year of control where even control has creatures. You're able to choose which modes you want. Uh, and yeah, like this, this is an, a, a battle that I think is solid. I think this is way better than whatever. I mean, maybe the, the format, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the format one's cracked, but like, I think this one feels better in what uh, is a control deck than, than the one that you had mentioned. So it's kind of funny. I think this card is actually one of the best battles too. But that's, for me, it's just because if I visualize this as a sorcery and ask myself, what would the sorcery cost? I think it would be the same price. Yeah. Like what if they it, printed this wrath. Yeah. Like if you had this wrath where you get to blow up everything or maybe like build a plague wind if you're a legendary deck or whatever. Like I think that would cost six mana at sorcery speed. So I assume this has, you think it'd be five? Crux of fate. Crux of fate. Right? Dragons or non-dragons? Legendary yeah, non- sure. This non- one, legendary. you get to choose both, though, if you want to. So yeah. it can oh, be a yeah, hard sweeper yeah. okay, is okay, the upside. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, so I think it's got to be good based on that. And then the backside is sweet. Uh, it's actually really sweet with battles and against planeswalkers because you can just remove all. That's something we should mention with battles. Like the most common way to defeat them is going to be attacking them or burning them. But if you remove all the counters from them, the battle flips. So like Marchesa attacks, right. removes all the counter from something that just instantly can flip any battle, regardless of how many counters are on it. So there's some interesting synergies there as well. So you would play this to finish the game in your control deck, Krim, or to be a Wrath in your control deck? Like, you're playing this to I get mean, to Marchesa, or... Okay. Yeah. Both. It's the flexibility, right? Like, and and so when you think about that, then, like, yeah, sure, the enchantment or the, the, the siege that gives minus 13-13, like, that's, that's cool and all, but, like, the backside just doesn't seem worth it to me, right? But the backside of this is Marchesa, which seems way better. And on top of that is a sweeper, a hard sweeper that is flexible. 
I, I think that's why I love this because it can be like if I'm sitting there with wedding announcement tokens and, and like, I don't know, fable tokens and a Shieldred, like I'm flipping this next turn, right? I don't have to actually blow anything up. <laughs> I already won the game. <laughs> I mean, sure. But like, but the thing here is you're piling on the advantage because in this format, you know that every everything is kind of like together snowballs right i feel like there's no one card that just like auto wins the game except for maybe fable fable's like the only mm-hmm. thing that auto wins the game right now but otherwise you're doing this like kind of grind them out and this card just furthers that out right like you get to add on to your your grinding ability and what better to do that like what better to do that than a thing that could be a flexible board wipe as well like, so so in in uh sorry Roger in general you're playing a control deck you sweep the board with this you get to keep your shield red you're probably yeah. attacking the invasion to flip rather right. than hitting your opponent for four is what is what one hundred percent yeah like like I want to and that's the beauty of these battles so far is that there's the fl- like the versatility in them right like I can choose to attack this if I want to if but if I like example in the matchup where I know I need to grind you out I'm definitely gonna swing that like. If I know that there's, I'm playing against a mono black deck, and I have a a free turn to hit something, and you're at twenty, I'm gonna probably hit this and not you, because in that game I'm gonna need every bit of advantage I'm gonna get because we're gonna be throwing removal spells back and forth. So, yeah, so all that battle a, there's a lot of different strategies you could do with this, right? So Krim mentioned you're at eight, uh, twenty. What if your opponent's at eight? It becomes a lot more interesting, right? Do you hit them for four or do you try to flip this? Um, you can also partially hit this, like you can hit this for three, bring it down to one and send the rest of the damage at their face to not overcommit, right? Because if you, if you hit this, uh, flip Marchesa and then they play their own invasion of Fiora to wrath you, uh, then, you know, you, you, you've, you've committed too many resources to the board, right? So you have this flexibility to just lower the counters, but not actually flip it. Uh, it's, it's interesting, I don't know. It, it makes it really hard to judge because we don't know how we're going to yeah. play with it. Uh, I so will say tricky. that it is so snowball-y, which I think is why I, I'm going to hate this mechanic. <laughs> like, if your opponent is behind, you play one of these and you flip for free because your opponent missed the land drop. You know, it, It's like getting Raghavan, right? Like you, you stumble for one second and your game is over. And I feel if these cards are playable, they like snowball super hard. Uh, you know, you, you didn't put up a blocker. Like, let's say you missed a, a creature. Like, you missed a two-drop. Your opponent played a two-drop, played a battle, played removal. Since you stumbled on your curve, you can no longer defend the battle. Uh, then they flip the battle, and then now you're even more behind. And, you know, there's there's no amount of top decking that will get you back into this. Uh, so, I don't I don't know about the snowball aspect. A, th- a card that, like, something like Richard had just mentioned there is, like, Invasion of Tarkir which is one in a red. When it enters the battlefield, reveal any number of dragon cards from your hand. When you do, it deals X plus two damage to any other target, where X is the number of cards revealed this way, right? I think this is... It doesn't seem like much, but I think this is going to be a better invasion or siege than than we, we give it credit for. Not enough people are talking about this. I th- this could just be shock five, six, seven, right? But, like, I kind of like this. This is, lo- this is a two-mana battle. I mean, and I... It- I think it's good if you're a dragon deck, right? Are you thinking outside of dragons? Just playing it like a yeah, shock just like, or whatever? Ooh. Yeah. Like, just as a shock. If Because, again, this is still two damage going upstairs at a battle or wherever I need it to go, right? We we are willing 
so we play pay was it play with fire that's uh-huh. one mana right you get to scry you deal two to the dome yeah what if instead of a scry I guarantee you that this is a four four dragon well i mean you got to remember so play with fire one mana instant speed two damage scry this is right. two mana sorcery speed. sorcery speed your opponent gains a minimum of five life and then you get a four four like you're gonna I, have to like there's it, it, there is could. a cost there is a cost to getting the dragon out of the backside. There is don't get me wrong it's not free and you're gonna have to sink five damage in. But I think the nice thing is even I think it's low enough to the on the cost that you could just play it as an additional shock. Right, it's close and to it, bone crusher giant. Yeah, like right. think of it this like as a like bone crusher. weird sorcery speed. Bonecrusher Giant. And then you, you have the same thing again, right? Like, it's five to flip. But right. if you flip, you get a dragon that's a 4-4, four, four, and then when it attacks, it deals two. So if you flip and hit them back, then you you net one. Um, but then, you know, you open yourself up to removal and whatever, right? But it's it's an interesting card. When it, I, I think Krim is right. You might... Well, I don't... Are, are there shockable targets in standard? Right? Are you all <laughs> trying to actually sell me on a two mana sorcery speed shock? What what world are we living? That's twenty twenty three. That one that you we thought Bonecrusher was bad because it was a shock, right? Like oh, with attached to a four three, and then months later we all were crying for Bonecrusher to be banned. <laughs> so like, I don't know, man. Like a shock, it, it it's plus not shock has a, a lot shock. of value in this format because of battles. Again, that's right? true. So now. There, there is a lot of upside to burn because you can burn uh, your battles. So maybe shock with upside is worth yeah, it. Like, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I see a world. I can see it plausible that we play this card. I can also see like not like what are you do with two damage does nothing. Right? Like, why are you wasting your time with this? So I can see that argument too. So. So what would you guys think are the, the best of the battles? Do any of them actually stand out for you as the ones that are most likely give me give me one that we haven't talked about that you actually think is like likely to see competitive play uh likely to see competitive play is one of the ones that we just talked about battle uh of new phyrexia right i think that one's definitely solid but circle of loyalty uh, graham circle of loyalty the knights are coming i know it's happening it's happening we were just ahead of our time see we were just a whole like four standards rotations ahead of our time that's all but (laughs) i also think something that's very interesting is that look at invasion of tolvada that is uh, a three and orzov right when it enters the battlefield return target non-battle permanent card from a graveyard to the battlefield right that on its own is good. It brings back any permanent. So we're talking about any fallen fables, any fallen wedding announcements, right? Anything like that. And then when you, if you decide you want to flip it, creature tokens you control get plus one, plus zero, and have lifelink. Being of your end step, create a one-one white and black spirit creature token with flying. This is in colors that is it definitely would love to reanimate permanent. A permanent. And has the ways, like, obviously do not destroy this with, with, with like, just, like, a, whatever, like, a destroy, like, Voidren. Although Voidren looking juicier than ever. Just saying. Um, And uh, I'm just saying, Voidren just eats anything now, right? Outside of creature lands. So, but, yeah, I think Invasion of Tolvada, another one that looks pretty good. Invasion of Tarkir, as I told you. Invasion of Fiora. um, And Invasion of New Phyrexia. Those are the ones that I think are looking pretty damn good right now. 
No Love for oh. Ikoria? Which one's the Ikoria one? Green Green X. And then you can search your library or graveyard for non-human creature card X or less. Put it on the battlefield. And then it becomes an 8-8 reach and non-human creatures can uh, deal damage as though they weren't blocked. So everybody, that everything becomes a thorn card? elemental? Everything becomes a thorn elemental and the front side is... Uh, Oh no, finale of what's the green the finale, finale devastation called? Devastation, yeah. It's basically finale how, how of devastation. Double green X. and X. It's, it's double green X. Okay, and it's X. six okay. six defense. Like, isn't that just Ooh, on six rate? defense? Yeah, so then you don't even need to flip with it though. An, with an anthem. With an anthem? Yeah, okay, you know what? Hold on. Uh you know that that's also pretty good. I think that's I, I, that backside. Okay. Does that the, the problem is does that make mono green the truth? <laughs> right like, I mean, like i don't think mono green needed an anthem that's not what it needs i don't know if mono green has time to hit you like yeah. the problem is like you're spending a turn so six is a lot because it's a third of someone's life total so you essentially right. take a turn off to like flip it which makes it dicey uh like the, the worst thing you could be doing is you can uh deal five damage to this uh battle and then someone removes it yeah, that's, wow. Okay, that's pretty painful, yeah. <laughs> right? This one I'm really high on for modern because you can tutor up vampire hex mage, which seems oh, like it could yeah. be a, a thing where you just like mana dork turn three hex mage sack hex mage get the eight eight like that seems realistic. But this is another one where the front side to me seems for me like I really want the front side to be on curve, and I think we mentioned a lot of those already. But like Ikori is another one where the front side like. To me, that seems like the going rate. Krim mentioned the reanimation. If you want, like, a, a, some of the sneaky ones that we haven't really talked about, like Invasion of Zendikar, the one that's explosive vegetation, that seems like the going rate for the ramp spell. Uh, there's one, I don't see it on the list here, the the gruel one that's two mana ETB rummage and make a treasure. Like, that's that seems just like a fine... Like a fine card that of, I would... Uh, Ar- Argamon or whatever? Is it Argamon? Yeah. Like, that's another know. one. Like, you're filling the graveyard. You're getting your trucks in your graveyard. You're making a treasure. If that was a sorcery, it'd probably be two mana. So those are the ones I'm really high on. I'm still not fully convinced on how often I'm going to try to flip them, though. I'm still like, we're going to have to play with them. They're so unique that it's so hard to evaluate these cards the way we're trying to evaluate them. But I am a little skeptical that I'm like going to be like, oh, I'm playing mono green. I'd rather send six at this to try to make another creature that can still just get farewelled or still get, get just get killed rather than like lowering your life total by a decent but amount. But these don't get farewelled. And on That's top of that, true. I, I think something to look at too is all these front sides, back sides, yada, yada, yada. That's a that's that's obviously a factor, but also how low is the defense counter stuff? Like like what is the the lowest defense counter we've seen, right? And that's four. We don't see anything lower than four, right? There's nothing that's three. Mm, uh, there was just so, one today that was three. That, the the white thought okay. sees. Yeah. Oh, then that that's very good. Yeah, this the, one invasion the white of thought sees Gabacan, two mana, three defense counters. Uh, ETB basically the elite spellbinder trigger. You look at your opponent's hand, okay. exile something. Wait, uh, they this have to two mana to play. Two mana, two mana, yeah. Uh, but they can re they can still cast the card for a two mana tax. Exactly elite right. spellbinder. Uh, and then it has three defense counters. The backside is you can sack it to give your creatures hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. And the beam near end step, you put a plus one plus one counter on each creature that attacks this turn. So that's that the card's lo- insane. That's the that lowest defense counters we've seen. No, that card is absurd, dude. 
Hold on. On turn two, you can jam this yep. in your like your soldier's deck. Yep. The, the, this is amazing. Hold on. Invasion of Gobacon, right? Is that Goba, the one? Gobacon. Gobacon? Yeah, yeah, Gobacon. yeah. <clears throat> Dude, no, this, this card's absurd. This is the lowest loyalty or defense loyalty. And on top of that, it be it be flips and becomes a thing that just keeps on pumping your whole team and and then once the person has the sweeper, you can just give it hexproof indestructible. Now I'm seeing why uh, Sunfall or whatever is existing because <laughs> this card is looking good. Hold on, this is like probably the best siege or battle. Is it? So my question is like, is. how good is the front side? Like it, uh, you're very good in the you're deck. Spending... You're going. Is it very good? <laughs> Like we, are you, we we play we play we play uh what's the three three that does the thing right we we uh, play these annoying, white annoying pr- pr- processor <laughs> but then you get a three three we play these te- so here here's here's the gross part right you if your opponent stumbles they are insanely dead to this card right because you you know you basically get to disrupt their curve even further by by doing this thing and then you crack in for. Uh, flipping this and then you have like super duper charged luminarch aspirate and then you have defense too right if your opponent somehow recovers and tries to do something your pumped creatures uh have a lot of defense here so this will be a feels bad i think it it gives you reason to play a one drop right you one drop two drop removal flip it is go go to town Technically possible to flip play... with on turn two with Delver. <laughs> if you, oh, my God. <laughs> you're right. Oh, because we need more defense That's for Delver. That's hilarious. Yeah, Delver is finally playable again. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be nice to have Azorius Delver. We never yeah. play. We never pair Delver with White, really. No, Although sadly, what are you talking about? Original Innistrad. Oh, that has original with Rune, Rune Chanter's Pike. Sadly, That's it doesn't true. help flip Delver, which is kind of a, a no. bit of a bummer. But yeah, I mean, th- that battle is interesting to me because it's one where I think it's mostly dependent on the backside. Like, you're, it, it really is about flipping that one. But because it's only three defense counters, flipping it seems pretty practical. I still wonder if your opponent stumbles, do you want the pseudo thought sees more than a Thalia, let's say, or a Harbin, or like, what what is actually going to punish your opponent more if your opponent's stumbling? Like, you're not adding any pressure. Like, They're that's the only the thing same. I imagine with soldiers, like... Can you afford to not impact the battlefield on turn two if you're trying to play an aggro deck? But they're the same, right? You're taxing essentially whatever is going to be the best card that you're worried about anyways in hand. So, like, an Anthalia, like, in some situations, this is going to be better than Thalia, right? Because Thalia, let's say you go up against another soldier's deck. Cool. (laughs) I I guess that doesn't really matter. But But if I play this instead of Thalia, I've now taxed your Siege Veteran. I've taxed, you know whatever i i honestly think like maybe you don't play it on turn two like maybe this is at its best on like turn four like you curve out build your board then you thought sees like the turn before you're worried about a farewell or something immediately flip it immediately start growing your team have your protection so maybe like you get the best of both worlds that way if you like impact the board on turn two and flip this a couple turns later i mean something i'm gonna be i'm gonna be worried about if i'm playing this though is temporal lockdown has just simply gotten that much better so, like, now you actually need to probably play this on two against a control deck if temp- or Mardu deck or <clears throat> any of the, the, the black-white decks because Temporal Lockdown picks this off along with your whole board. So you may actually need to jam this on two. And this is just, like, kind of essentially Thalia 5, 6, and 7 against those decks, right? So 
I don't know. I, I think this is very good. This is a very good thing. And like seeing Monastery Mentor get reprinted has me absurdly hyped for the standard. Because see, battles will trigger Monastery Mentor. Uh, there's, dude, Mentor in like a battle, probably one of the more flavorful like feel like, <laughs> like like dude, that's so cool, dude. I, I I'm sorry, I'm so high on Ma- Monastery Mentor coming back <laughs> in the standard here. So this set's like, definitely super flavorful. I will I will give it that for sure. I think it's powerful too. But boy, this set is oozing like iconic characters. Yeah, and I mean, the team-ups are hilarious. Like, we just got Kroxa and the Doggo, which kind of, like, doesn't really feel like them two combined, but whatever, I'll take it. Uh, like, there's 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 a lot in this set that I think maybe slept on, maybe, but, like, I, I, I'm talking about how many things that, like, that are playing well with battles here. Because between Monastery Mentor, Chrome Host Seed Shark, which <laughs> is whenever... A two mana and a blue flying two four, by the way. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, incubate X, where X is the mana value. Dude, there's a lot of things going on right now in what could be Jeskai, Esper tokens, anything like that. These battles actually trigger Mentor, Seed Shark. And in a format where incubate, a, a mechanic that's kind of just been like glossed over, and convoke in that same format, uh, incubate is something that's going to help deal with sweepers. Because now... When you sweep, you leave up your mana. You just make sure you commit just enough to then hatch the eggs, as we've been saying. So, uh, like, like I don't know. This this standard seems to play quite nicely with enchantments, artifacts, battles, all these non-creature things. And I think there's definitely a really good token deck just oozing, like, like ripe and waiting to take over this format. I don't know. Battles are playing real nice here. And and the more I think about it, you're the like token producers. What's the blue white one? New battle on New Phyrexia? Yeah, dude. invasion and New Phyrexia. Yeah, invasion and New Phyre- Dude, there's so many things <laughs> that can just go wide and it like maybe maybe this is like I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Maybe this is the format where I just give up on pure like just draw go. <laughs> And just go with like the tempo, like we have protect the control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm not, I'm not even talking about tap out control. I'm talking like tempo, protect the negotiators. Uh, We're talking Chrome Host Seed Shark, Monastery Mentor. You know, make disappear like the pure tempo style, like plays. Right, like you have that new, you have that new playing Monastery Mentor. Whoa, shocker. Oh, dude, I know, I know. Okay, that Control one. Right. Players like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play Delver. Whoa, it's so, so <laughs> yeah. out there. This, this, is, this is me going out of my realm here, okay? Crim's I'm playing a Delver. Zone, yeah. I'm you, going to the combat step. Do you think that... I'm playing Wincons. What is this? <laughs> on turn one. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess we should talk about some non-battles. I'm curious about that shark. Is that actually a good card, Krim? Like, Incubate. So, Incubate, upside dodge Ras. Downside... Is this kind of like Shark Typhoon, but you have to pay two mana for each for each uh, actual creature you want to make to actually turn your incubate into a creature to hatch the egg, so to speak? Like, not a problem. You don't think that's a problem? What? This card grinds. Does this card not grind? I mean, like, it, I think it this, does is, grind. this is allowing you to... I can go consider, right? Uh-huh. Cast a bunch of uh, pointless, you know, instants or whatever, or a few ma- tempo like make disappears, things like that. It it feeds into potentially another make disappear to make you pay four. All I got it so make disappear for four mana. I can now just make it so you have to pay four, right? Uh, because two plus two to hatch. 
right? Wait, and then man, four mana mana leak make you pay four doesn't sound good though. <laughs> but, <laughs> the thing is, I, but the thing is, it sounds bad. But like in this situation, there are like there are so many games where like man, I really wish I had something to sack except for like the token maker. Uh, I it, see. So like it's, yeah, the, fuel. I guess yeah, bodies on the battlefield. It's bodies on the battlefield, and it also makes it so that I can just pay X. Uh, I, I could just, as I told you, commit just enough to be just annoying enough to where you do need to sweep now. And and when you do, I've left myself with a bunch of eggs to hatch. So this gives you, it, in some ways, yes, it's bad that it's not immediately a creature, but that's also its upside. When we're looking at things like, you know, uh, Sunfall. Uh, the 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 other the black siege that's also sweeping the board right like I don't know I'm kind of liking this card and it's three mana two four flying is that not a banger of a rate right there like holy cow that is <laughs> that is decent stats it's shark type like it's like an actual resolved shark typhoon like not the right. not the BS cycling thing right where you yeah yeah where you push the front loaded cost onto the creatures right so it's a three mana two four flyer it blocks it's a respectable body. You get the tokens, and then if you make two, if you cast two spells and pay the four mana to hatch them, that was essentially Shark Typhoon, like hard casted, right? Right. Uh, but you have the flexibility. I think you can sweep. Like if you play this, you sweep the board. You get the egg. You 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 have your win con right after. Uh, I think this card is actually insane. I think Ooh. this is going to see a lot of play in. Standard. Interesting. With no? mentor, you now have like between this, like a, a shark typhoon for three mana. Even if you have to spend the mana to crack it, like so, what it doesn't allow you to do is like be super far behind, play shark typhoon, and then somehow stabilize. Yeah. But if you are in a neutral or a head state, then this card is like insane, right? I don't. Oh boy, I don't know. I'm like on the fence on it. Like, if you think about it, you're cast to consider. You get a one-one incubate, and then you got to pay two mana to make a one-one. He has to make disappear. Okay. You get a two-two, yeah, yeah. then so, you're so building you're like doing, you're like you're making a bunch of grizzly thing. bears, I guess, for a, a lot of mana. But is that actually effective? How about In you a, play Chrome Host Sea Shark, and then you play a five mana Planeswalker? Okay, right? Like, like it's not good if you're just firing off one mana spells. Uh, but like Shark Typhoon was not that crazy if you just fired off one mana spell. Yeah, right? but I if guess you play true. three, four, five mana value spells, then it becomes very reasonable, right? But yeah. also remember that people did just fire off one mana spells and get there and chip away with a one. Well, but you're not right. Uh, but you're not paying two to get the one one. Like that's, right, that's right. the difference. Like you can get there with but, one ones for free, but one ones for two are not exactly the same. In a world where there are battles now. And planeswalkers, I and like in convoke all of these creatures matter strategies. This is cracked. I'll be interested to see. I uh, incubate's another pretty unique mechanic. I think it is powerful. I do. I don't know about shark in specific. Believe, like if your opponent played this, wouldn't you be like sweating to remove this like immediately? You would let them untap with this if you. I mean, let's say you let's say you had your uh, tragic slip. That siege thing <laughs> would you fire it off on the the shark immediately or you'd be like nah i'll just let them untap i mean you got well i guess my question is you got monastery mentor you got third path iconoclast you got a lot of things that just make tokens for free are those right. like would you rather play shark than play monastery mentor and i feel like but i mentor... would just play mentor and not have to spend two mana for my one ones and just do them for free but mentor 
once you sweep the board, you have dealt with Mentor. That's true. Right? Like, once yeah. you sweep the board with Shark, well, you only answered the Shark and not the eggs that it's going to hatch. So, like, one is, like, the early game aggression and the other one is, like, to grind out and close out at a later point. Right? Yeah. So, and I could see them going in the same deck. Like, the, it's not like because I play this, I can't play the other. These are the same two cards that will benefit and, like, profit off of the same spells you're casting. So this could be, like, they will work together. And as I told you, uh, like, Jeskai or Esper, like, being able to, like, you know, like, Mentor, I get a 1-1 with Prowess. Pretty sweet, right? Maybe now Jaya will finally get some play with also Jeskai Mentor. But then Mentor makes that 1-1 with Prowess where I would I would then have to cast, like, three more spells into to get a 4-4. If I go Shark into Jaya, I have now made a, an Incubate 4 a 4-4. Jaya plus 1, that's another 1-1 Prowess. So now I have become this token deck and that goes absurdly wide. And is, you know, we're playing a few battles along the way because there's the three mana tentacle. I, I, I love that the only thing I, rem- I remember it is the tentacle battle, but I don't actually know what it's called. Um, but but it, it's a three mana blue tentacle thingy and it makes krakens and it's got yeah. four. Uh, two, two one ones. Ba- ba- uh, invasion of Segovia. Three mana, four defense counters. ETBs, two one one krakens with trample. Yes. And then the backside, a 3-3 three, three that does Convoke shenanigans. Non-creature spells you cast have Convoke. And at the beginning of your end step, untap up to four target creatures. Dude, this there there is a, a Jeskai blue-white X just token deck waiting to happen here. Urbrask's Forge, another token generator that slowly just keeps snowballing. So yeah. I, I played with Mardu just because Vron, And so I'm thinking... There's got to be some solid go-wide token strategy somewhere, and especially when standard's going to be at its most powerful. Because this is, remember everybody, there's this thing, you, I know we're all like overwhelmed with getting hit with sets every 30 seconds, but rotation is coming up. This is the last set before rotation, right? Uh, yes, I believe. Well, we got the aftermath set, but I think this is the last full set. Yeah, I believe. What is the aftermath set? It's like the add-on to March of the Machines. It comes out like a month after this one, like 50, wait, 60 uh, cards or something. Wait, they're splitting the two sets? <laughs> sort of, yeah. So it's wait, like a bonus they're, set. They're wait, they're <laughs> round of ink. Yeah. They couldn't fit enough ink on the cards. Wait a minute. So we're going set. single set, single set, single set, single set, two set block? This is like, it's not a real set. Well, it's like a 50 card set that's in like three card packs or something. And it's going to be like 50 cards, but they're standard legal. And it's supposed to show like the aftermath of March of the Machine. But yeah, that comes out in May, I think. I got Well then. <laughs> for the most part, this is the last set yeah. before rotation. Dude, this is gonna be one standard that's most powerful. There's yeah. so many things, and there's been so many things that makes tokens. Remember a card that got printed in what is it, Midnight Hunt? Creature tokens get minus X minus X. Yeah, oh yeah, bloodline calling or something, yeah. Maybe that's planted there for a reason. I'm just saying. <laughs> Meat Trim? Hook Massacre plus that Trim? had to have been printed for a reason. 
I'm excited to see Krim hyped about playing creatures. That's that's new. I, I don't remember any other spoiler season where Krim's been so hyped about putting creatures on the battlefield. But Are we they probably... really creatures though? They're like fake yeah. creatures. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. They're they're tokens, so <laughs> I guess that's true. Oh, uh, all right. We should wow, we're already at 50 minutes. We should hit up a, a few other cards. Richard, what else do we have on our list that we want to get to today? All right. Uh Seth, you're frozen, by the way. Oh, I'm frozen. Uh, they call you Elsa. So, while you unfreeze yourself, Sword of Once and Future, three mana value, artifact, equipment, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has pro, blue, and black. When equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, surveil two, then you may cast an instant or sorcery with mana value two or less from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that spell would be put in your graveyard, exile it, equip two. All right, here it is, everybody. Richard, if Surveilled I can't, if I can't, Snapcaster. <laughs> if I can't say this on the podcast, please censor it out. The card is ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I know, wait. I know. Okay, okay. It, it, you know, it is the, bad, right? You yeah, like, like it, Seth? You don't think it's wait, good? I think this. No, no. I, you've heard what I called it, so I'll yeah, only say wait. it once because I don't want to have it bleeped out. But <laughs> I do think it's the booty. I think it is Garbaggio with a capital G. Like I think this is. You're only doing it for the the colors at this point now because this card, dude, I, uh, okay, in the formats where I can cast Ponder, Brainstorm, sure. We're talking older formats, great. I'm talking standard, hell, I'll even throw in Pioneer Explorer. It's terrible, right? Like, so, and also, A, this plays more like a, 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 this feels like a bunch of is it abilities minus the Surveil, but ever since the re, uh, rewording, literally Grimflare has Surveil. So that is no longer the Demir mechanic. This plays like like the is it. This plays like is it. It's Dreadhorde Arcanist plus Surveil. Yeah, doesn't this just like turn any creature into a Dreadhorde Arcanist, which is a pretty powerful but, like creature, and but, then you get the upside of filling your graveyard too. Except it was think, a five mana Dreadhorde Arcanist. Exactly. <laughs> the decks right? like Dreadhorde Arcanist and and the the the, the decks that would want to play something like that would want to have the spells to benefit off that are just going to play Dreadhorde Arcanist and cheap threats. They don't want to spend three mana, do literally nothing, and then pay two mana on top of that to get blown out by a removal spell. But isn't that, like, just a sword problem? Like, I feel like matches up against, like, Sword of Fire and Ice, I feel like ability for ability, the power level is similar. Like, two damage draw a card, surveil two, recast a thought seize, recast a fatal push, a lightning bolt. Like We're talking 60... What what 60 card format are we actually talking about here? Okay. Pick pick one. You you, you would stoneforge this thing in in modern? I mean, like, I would say surveil (laughs) two is equivalent to draw a card, and recast my thought seize, fatal push, lightning bolt is better than two damage. It is is like... Draw, uh, sir, drawing a card but it is actually not high bear uh, and then on top of that the 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 second part has no like what am i gonna do offensively cast mm-hmm. uh, god's willing i guess i could do that right but like in, in older formats but this is like i feel i uh, think this is for stone blade right like yeah. i think the only deck that wants this is stone blade literally that's it i feel like the and, issue of swords being slow is just like I don't think swords are good anymore. I think like put pick an ability that's busted and put it on something that costs three to cast and two to equip, and it's probably not going to work in twenty twenty three. Think about the Pawblade deck. All right, so I so I played Pawblade in standard, and that's Kemba, mm. all that stuff. 
Now, if you ignore the clown fiesta where I accidentally uh, attach the green-red pro sword to a creature with dragon wing glider attached to it, you ignore that part. Uh, You ignore that part. Uh, But outside of that, right, like, that green-red sword did work. And I think, like, as in, like, it was good when I connected with it. There is some... So the payoff was there. It is fair that... This needs a lot of spells and decks that like equipment usually want a lot of creatures. I think that's that's a fair point. Like, are you gonna have enough creatures to make the whole balance of this work? I think that makes sense. Like, if you're playing Paw Blade, how many spells do you have in that deck? Probably not a huge number. Yeah, none that are like example. What am I gonna do? Like, like the best I could best case scenario is if for some odd reason I'm playing a shock, right? Like, play with fire and a braid in the face. Yeah, sure. That's about the best. That's like the ceiling, right? And then every other time, it's just like, cool, I've surveilled two. Like, this really just reads like it has one ability. Surveil one and then surveil one, right? Because, <laughs> like, that's, that, is, that is what it is together. <laughs> it, it, it's good in Crim's fabled monetary venster ven- yeah, venture shark deck. It's not good right? there. Because you, you, you equip, this? You, you get to crack, and then you're... Your spells, which you have, do more than the spell themselves, right? You get to trigger prowess after combat, uh, and then you get to make more tokens out of them, right? But it's so narrow. Like, all the swords are, like, generalist swords, but this is mana value two or less sorceries and or instance, so that narrows the use of this card dramatically and is quite disappointing for Commander. Right, like sixty out. card formats, whatever. Right, like swords have a high, very high bar to to hit, but commander, like you can only play this in a very specific deck, and that that's kind of crap, right? Uh, <laughs> like, compared uh, to just compared go to the, compared to the last sword, it does seem a lot worse for a commander. Like draw two and make an extra land or whatever is a lot worse than than that for a commander deck. I mean, yeah. if would this be busted if it were value three or less? Because I think that two or less makes it way too narrow. Right? What if it was anything? What if it was just well, Snapcast? Well, I don't know about I don't know about <laughs> Wait, I mean, well, yeah, any instant or sorcery, three or yeah, less. Yeah. I th- then I think, yeah. No, no, no not this... three or less. Just no mana value restriction. Well, but then oh, don't you just now. cast that's, a that's... Genesis Ultimatum for free or like... something? Like you're, you're not spending mana on this. Oh no, 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 no sorry, spells. sorry. You, you have to. Okay, it's it's anything, but you have to spend the mana to cast it. Oh, okay. That'd be fine. Oh. See, okay. I I mean, I designed like so. We did a thing in Commander, and I designed a blue black sword. Right, and it was essentially exiling off the opponent, the top of the opponent's library, and then you may spend mana as though or any, any color to cast whatever you you exile off the top, the top two cards of their deck or whatever. That would have been cooler. That feels more demir. This legitimately feels like an it sword, but I think in commander, if you're talking about commander, this is just going to be like this. The pro colors, the colors you get protection from, will carry it on its own. That's that's what you'll care about. Anything it- else is like sure. It can cast no mana value spells, right? Crushing footfalls, yeah. living end, that kind yeah. of stuff. I gotta, sure. yeah. I gotta ask you about this one, one commander card. I gotta see if you're high on this, Richard, because as soon as I saw it, I thought of you. Realmbreaker, the invasion tree, three mana legendary artifact, pay two, target opponent mills three. You get to put a land card from that graveyard onto the battlefield tapped under your control, and then you can pay ten sack it, tutor up any number of praetors, put them on the battlefield. How good is this as ramp for decks that don't get land ramp? Like, so it is three to cast, two for the first activation. But once it's on the battlefield, it's essentially pay two to ramp it growth repeatedly every turn from your opponent's graveyard. Like, 
Is this a good ramp spell for mono blue or like some of the colors that don't get green ramp? What? <laughs> this is S, right? <laughs> this has, I was, you can this... play it on three. You, so it, it is five mana, right? But you can play it on three and then on two you ramp. Or sorry, on four you ramp for two mana and then five you, you just ramp forever. Wait, what color is this? This is actually one of the best. It's ramp an spells. artifact. It's colorless. Oh, oh, it's that thingy. Okay. Yeah, the world tree artifact thing. And then I guess you could somehow use that 10 ability, but. It's so an auto include, gotta, right? You mill, so you mill. So you need to. So they need to have fetch lands. Fetch lands Wait, make no. it easiest. Or, well, I mean, you mill three. So hopefully right. you hit a land among those three. But yeah, fetch land guarantees it. Although it is worded. So if so a land the, that you so the big play, problem is when they die, you lose your lands. That is true. Right. So this is not like true ramp. Like, it, like it's it's pretty good, darn good ramp, right? Because it, it'll it'll like live through a wrath. Uh, yeah. But but if the player dies, the opponent you dies, you lose oh, your lands, which is a big deal. Is right? this, you, hold on, you can't wait a minute. Be going losing half your mana like oh. like halfway through the game, right? This yeah, you're also sinking two mana. So really, that's rampant growth. If, yeah, if right, I right, give you the ability to not, rampant growth every turn, growth. you would like totally take that, right? But it's not rampant growth because it's five mana for the first it's sunken into it. It's five mana. So, so like if, if there was a an, if you could pay three mana for an emblem that allowed you to rampant growth every turn, I would snap take that. I yeah, think. and I, I mean, especially why? in like non green colors. So I think this is really strong, except for the fact that your lands disappear when that player dies. That's... You want to know something funny? I would play this, but not for the reasons you think. You're trying to get, <laughs> actually trying to put Praetors into play? I mean, the other thing is that Whoa, mode no, is I'm trying to mill. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, a mill That's a good rate. so bad. That's a good rate. But it, it, it makes but the no, sword but... better. You can sort yeah. of body by two. It's sure you can get the lands, yeah. right? And oh, my God. Get, dude. You get utility lands. Like, you can get someone's coffers or something. Uh, yeah, you can hit non-basics, which is sweet. It's yeah. You can't keep getting the same fetch, which I guess is probably to keep the power level in check, since if the lands leave play, they get <laughs> exiled, so you can't just snipe the same fetch again and again. But I think it's a staple, right? I would play that in on pretty much any non-green deck, I think. And then, like, can be the hypermetric, Seth. Three, three cards. <laughs> What's the percentage of hitting a land? Ooh, all right, three. We'll, we'll look that up real quick. Also... 10 well, against Seth, like zero percent because he has like ninety percent MDFCs. <laughs> oh, ten, that's right. <laughs> MDFCs do work against it. That's true. Also, ten colorless to get Praetors doesn't seem bad. Like ten mana, even even if you're not doing full on meme stuff, like ten mana, I get my Elish Norn or whatever, tutored out onto the battlefield once you already have enough lands. Or ten mana get my Shieldred or Foreign Clacks. Even if you're getting a Praetor or two Praetors, even like that's totally worth it. Um, hundred, okay, hundred hundred card deck. You're playing, let's say thirty. 38 lands that are hits you mill three your odds of hitting at least one is 76 percent that's pretty good i would i would like to say yeah you could also hedge your so either you could go all in and try to find a lieutenant and take all their lands or you could try to take one one from everyone so as the game progresses you slowly lose lands and there is i think this is really good and there's some, like, mill stuff. Like, you could also play some card that, like, just puts cards in everyone's graveyard to help the process, too. I mean, I, I I'm like playing it. this in my commander decks because it mills and it steals. 
and nothing makes people more upset than that. So, like, I, I love that. Second off, Seth, I love that you skipped right to Commander with this card. But do you remember the boy? He got completed. Him and, J- and Vraska are off on a date somewhere because no one knows what happened to him lore-wise, I guess. Or I don't, at least. Jace. Ooh, Jace that... has been good. I genuinely have enjoyed Jace in control decks. And he has been solid. And I've won more games than you would think because the the Atroxa deck just go wild. They just mill themselves a thousand times into the sun. And then all of a sudden they get real sad when you hit them with a 15 mil. But (laughs) we're talking, it's not in full effect yet. But just remember, there is a Jace that is very good for mill. And and like this staff (laughs) could go in there. I'm it just could. saying. I mean, the, I'm the, just saying. I've played some Jace Mill, too, and Jace is really good. The problem is there's not a lot of other good mill spells in Standard to build, like, a dedicated mill deck. Like, Jace can get it yeah. done by himself, but there's not too many good, like, support mill cards. This actually might be one of the one of the best ones, even though it doesn't read, like, a super good mill card on rate, but it might be one of the best ones. I actually, I will do the Praetor thing in Standard, too. Like, 10 colorless, that ain't nothing. Like, we can get to that pretty easily. Compared to even the real world tree, this feels way easier to to pull off because you don't need two mana of each color. So I feel like it's, and it adds lands to the battlefield that'll help pay for it eventually. So maybe the card's um, just good. I, I, think, I think the card might actually just be pretty solid in, like, a 60-like card if there's a mill deck, but... One last thing. Talk about just solid cards. I know that we're running long. Mm-hmm. Polucranos Reborn. I'm about to talk about our green card. This card <laughs> is a green, green, green. Reach 4-5. Six and a Phyrexian White. Transform it. And then its backside becomes Polucranos Engine of Ruin. Reach Lifelink 6-6. Six, six. Polucranos Engine of Ruin or another non-token Hydra you control dies. Create a 3-3 three, three green and white. A Hydra token with Reach and a 3-3 green and white Phyrexian Hydra token with Lifelink. This Basically is Worm abs- Coil backside. <laughs> right. Worm co- like pseudo Worm Coil on the backside. Really cool art, but holy hell the front side. That is a 4-5 for 3 mana with Reach. And this is the reason why I asked this is because all these abilities, these absurd costs, right, you're seeing here, and all these activated abilities, is Karn Living Legacy now the truth? Do power stones matter? That's can we? I know. I thought you were heading towards green devotion or like is green good now? And Krim goes goes right to power stones. Yes, I'm sure these power stones will help you casting your triple green polukados. Right? Okay, maybe they aren't. Maybe they are. Yeah, yeah. Like and and the praetors. We didn't even get to talk about the praetors. Really, just straight up Elish Norn, Shieldred, and her busted ass abilities. Um. All these cards are activated. There are so many activated abilities in this set. There are. I, there I, are. I, I, I joke. I joke <laughs> with Karn, sorta. But are Power Stones finally relevant? Because we are now at a critical mass of activated abilities. That is something that we all laughed at, you know, for a while. So, yeah. I mean, I think you're right-ish. Like, I think Power Stones get a lot better. I still think Karn is, like, one of the not great ways to make Power Stone, but, like, <laughs> My Stone and Weak Stone or, like, the card draw one that leaves behind a couple of Power Stones. Like, those do seem Thrawn a lot better. Spider. Do you think, do you think Pelucranos is better than Old Growth Troll and Mono Green Devotion? Like, in, like, Pioneer or whatever? No. 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 I, oh, actually, I think it could be in, I think it's going to go in a deck like that because it's just a solid body. 
Like, but like the fact that old growth cut dies and then le- actually does what it wants it to do, which is ramp. That's why old growth is busted, right? Old like, growth is more, I, yeah, more consistent. Although mono but, green devotion can easily flip this. Like they make so much right. mana. Like you can get worm coil mode pretty quick if you want to, and that's you like can get literal worm, worm coil mode is yeah. gonna beat people. Like if you flip this card, that is that's a lot to slog through. You gotta kill it, and you get the tokens. You also have to deal with them. So the backside I mean, green, feels good. Green Devotion just boards this, right, with whatever room's left for aggro, right? Like red yeah. deck? Yeah, so, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and like, by the way, <clears throat> because I hate mono green, as we all know, and the devotion and the misery that is that whole archetype, uh, change the equation is going to be... Like, I'm probably just going to main deck that card because of how much I run into an explorer. It's one in a blue, choose one, counter target spell with mana value two or less, or counter target red or green spell with mana value six or less. You think about Explorer, it's red deck, yes, and, and if you move from best of three into best of one, it's even more likely that you run into red deck and mono green and cheese fang, right? Those are like the three archetypes. Those are the three most popular decks you're going to see in Explorer in best of one. So I think this counterspell actually going to do a lot of work. This is a very solid hate card. The hate cards coming out of this set are amazing. There's a white veil of summer for black and red. Like there's a lot of really good color hosers here. Do you think the counter spells better than uh, Ether or whatever it is? Ether Gust? For some Ether Gust, yeah. Would you play that over Ether Gust? So the problem here is Ether Gust is nice because it also tops the permanent. Your removal, but, sort of, yeah. Yeah, but like this actually just answers it. And I think I could run this and think that it's a, a, a respectable enough card to where I can run both of them. Like I would okay. run this potentially as a one or two of in the main deck. Okay, I could. I mean, I guess it uh, it's fine on turn two, especially if you're on the play. Like, being able to hit the cheap stuff of any color is definitely definitely a pretty nice upside. I do really like the the white one, the one mana. Your stuff gets hexproof, like, uh, prevent the damage from red or black sources. That's going to be a blowout. Like, when in standard where there's so many black and red soldiers. creatures, if your soldiers have, like, a big board and your opponent swings in with their shield rids and corpse appraisers and blood tithe harvesters, you just play this and, like, wrath their board and don't lose any of your creatures. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah, this, this set, so, like, to, I guess, for, without running too long, I think there's just a lot. This is a really solid... You asked how good this set is as we talk about it. It is an amazing support set, supporting everything that already exists in this standard. I think this set looks really good. Richard, we've we've been rambling on. Any any other thoughts on any of this stuff? Play creatures. Play. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think y'all sleeping on Chrome oh. Shark and Reach. I think so. I'm not sleeping on it. <laughs> I, I flying. <laughs> flying is very important now, right? Because you can chip in and then you need things with flying or reach to stop that from happening. And then you need removal and you need protection from removal so it, it really centers the game around creatures if these battles are relevant if the battles are not relevant then we just go back to old standard uh so but so, because you need to actually block like you can't you know use your life total as a resource doesn't work when they're flipping a battle right so you actually need to have onboard presence and block and not just sit back and rely on a sweeper um so it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out but yeah, creatures are kind of important now, and reach and flying. I think people are underestimating. I think it's going to be very crucial uh, if battles are are important. There are now enough non like like enough things to make creatures matter. To like, oh, I mean, creatures have been mattering for a long time, but like, remember planeswalkers when they got revealed, 
we were all kind of in the same boat where it's just like, oh, are these good? I don't know. They could be. They do multiple things, but they die real easily. So I don't know. I think battles are going to be a lot better uh, than a lot of people are giving them credit for. They're going to like I, I we already are saying some of them are good, but I think they're going to be better than that. I, I, if you want my hot take on battles on the way out the door, I think battles are going to be good as sorceries that are permanents, but I think that the play pattern of flipping them by attacking them is going to be mostly a flop in 60 card formats. I think it's going to be more fringe than like a primary play pattern. Not for Richard. Richard just found Richard. High five. You found something that grew the goif. Bam. Right there. (laughs) No, please. No. <laughs> will, will the Tarmogoyf try to chip in and flip the battle? <laughs> I think the problem was Tarmogoyf was only what a seven eight before. Yeah, that was not big enough. You know, unironically, there there is a point where Tarmogoyf is good again. And yeah. that point now, is when now, it now the average goyf is like a five six, right? Maybe six seven. You're like that's like almost okay. That's if if my average goyf was like almost Death Shadow, like a, a seven eight or an eight nine, then we're actually cooking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> give it give it another another few sets and uh we'll have some more card types and Goyf will be good. Keep making just, just, just power creep the, the tribal <laughs> give, give me tribal uh I, I don't know. Give, give me a good one. Uh a, a good tribal burn and then we're, yeah. we're good to go. We just yeah, need a little need. a little oomph to that. Like a, a tribal fatal push. Like yeah. there we go. Like deal tribal. deal eight damage to any creature. You did. That's it's also a invasion battle. of Tarkir. Yeah. That's a battle. <laughs> It's cheap. It shocks. That's to- that's going friendly. That is literally going friendly right there. Uh, anyway, I think that brings us to the end of episode 427 of the Goldfish Podcast. Uh, Richard, we didn't get to fish mail, but uh, we will in the future. If people want to send in messages, how should they do that? All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And uh, if y'all are watching this, I'd love to hear what you think about battles. They're so tricky and interesting to figure out. They're so different. So uh, if you're someplace where there's comments, leave your comment. Let us know what your opinion is of this set, of these battles, what you're looking forward to. So anyway, that brings us to the end of episode 427. Richard and Crib, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk the rest of March of the Machines and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So when until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out.